presented by Baseline Times Media. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Shooter Pass podcast presented by Baseline Times, your NBA-exclusive podcast here at Baseline Times. I am your host, Cheval. As always, I'm joined by the wonderful co-hosts, everyone's favorite bachelor, Demario Jackson. And Demario, before we start this podcast today, if your dad ever pops off about, you know, the way that you're on this podcast and I'm, I'm talking too much, I'm going to have to kind of pull your minutes, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> yo, yo, I just want to say that I'm still a bachelor, ladies. I'm out here. He's I'm out here. for you. You know, I'm in these <laughs> streets. I'm looking for wifey. Look, only thing I need in a wife, right? Only thing I need besides all that other shit that people talk about is for you to co-sign Derek Jeter Jackson and Kanye Coachella Carter Jackson for the kids' names. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm... That's it, baby. That's it. So any ladies, you know, you guys are free. You guys are single. You guys want to mingle. Let me know. At Demario Jackson <laughs> underscore. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> NBA. NBA. Big baller bread. What's happening? Big baller bread. You guys yeah. already know. We're going to talk about LeVar Ball in this episode. So uh, that's my dude, man. Love LeVar Ball. Shout out to you, LeVar, LeVar Ball, if you're listening to us. I Hopefully a, one day. I have a, a love-hate with LeVar. Like, yeah. A, a, the bar <laughs> with Lavar. I have a love hate. Like it's like right when I'm about to like fully get BBB tatted across my chest, <laughs> then he says some wild shit, and I'm like, "Come on, bro! It's harder to defend present day Lavar than it was to defend uh, no ring LeBron, 0 for 50 in the playoffs, Alex Rodriguez, and Kanye West. Like it's crazy. I'm like, fuck Lavar. Like I'm. I go to war for you on the daily, my guy. Like, on the daily, bro. Like, I go to war for LeVar. And come on, bro. Give me something. Like, come on, man. Like, give me a bone. Like, be nice. Like, shout out to Luke Walton. Shout out to Luke, man. Um, Yeah, guys, we here are back for another episode. Uh, like Demara said, uh, NBA baby. So uh, just a few news stories here we'll get into at the top of the show. Uh, this is our midseason awards show, so we'll talk a lot about um, my picks, Demario's picks for the midseason awards, and man, this has gone you know and flew by so fast, man. This season, uh, it's only going to get better here, as we discussed in the last episode. That basketball kind of gets its little uh, shine here in between the Super Bowl. And by the way, Demario, um, speaking of football here, um, what do you think, man? What do you got? I like man, the you know what? It's look, man. I personally. I like, and this is going to be like wild. I like Jacksonville so much. I don't think they're going to win because Blake Bortles is just like incompetent and he's not the best quarterback. But I, I feel like if you put Alex Smith or even Eli with Jacksonville, I think they're for sure yeah, Super absolutely. Bowl contender. For me, 100%, bro, I love either New England and the Vikings or New England and the Saints. Yeah, I think a New, like, New England Saints is where I'm going. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, I just feel like it's really hard to bet against Brady. Like, he's GOAT. Like, they, like they've like they been here every single year since, like, forever, you know? And I, I just, it's very hard. I like the Saints, and I like the Vikings a lot. I feel like whoever wins that game on Sunday will definitely go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, this is one of my favorite times of the year because the NBA is starting to kick back up. Uh, the NFL playoffs. Baseball is about to spark, uh, start. Uh, college basketball is about to start booming. Um, I'm really excited. Like, what a time to be alive. Sports heaven right now. Absolutely. I'm going to Brady and Breeze Super Bowl. And sadly enough, I think I'd probably root for Breeze, man. I think this is his last shot. And incredible, incredible career. I think he kind of deserves a little bit of a one more time ring there. And he's done me pretty well in fantasy in the past. So shout out to Drew Breeze. Represent the NFC South with pride. Uh, so shout out to my dudes there. Um, but yeah, I agree with that, hands down. Uh, but we'll see here going on this weekend. Uh, but shout out to the Jags, actually, man. And you know what, actually, I want to give a shout out at the top of the show. I know we did this at the end, but I want to give a shout out to Bama. Man. Shout out to Bama. Dynasty. Nick Saban, GOAT. This is the greatest football dynasty. That You know what? This might be the greatest dynasty in general that we've ever seen, especially in college football for... For Nick Saban to win, you know, his fifth title in nine years in college football where every single year things are different, pieces are changing, 
He's winning with freshman quarterbacks. He's winning with AJ McCarron. I mean, this is this is great to watch him and Bill Belichick, the two greatest football minds, in my opinion, of all time. No questions. Don't at me. This is in the Bible and cannot be argued. It's a thing of beauty. Could you imagine to have the balls that Saban did to bench your quarterback at the half and put in a freshman? Imagine that. Like those are some Vince McMahon, WWF, WWE size balls. Like that's a right. man. That was a that was bold. And then for the young boy to come in and ball, and he made a few mistakes, but Saban still stuck with him. Like I know Hunt was on the sideline, and you got to be humble. You got to be a team player. But I know he was on the sideline texting his parents, like I'm getting ready to transfer because you just got your position snatched, like straight up. It was it was an incredible game. Just shout out to Bama. Shout out to my two homies, my Bama homies, Dustin and Ashley, and Abby, the dog. Gotta show love to Bama's number one fans. So uh, yeah, big, big, big victory for Dick Saban and awesome game there. But uh, let's go ahead and revert back to some basketball here, Demario. Um, we've been wanting to talk about this and get this on the show. And I know you have a lot to say about Mr. Paul Pierce. So Paul Pierce is upset that. Um, the Celtics want to host an Isaiah Thomas tribute on the same night where he will have his jersey retired. He's feeling some type of way. He feels like the night should totally be all about him. And Damar, you tend to kind of agree on that, right? But a few Look, stipulations about Pierce. I agree. Paul Pierce is and has been the face of the Celtics, you know, for the last like 20 years or so, you know. Paul Pierce is, in my opinion, a top five, top six Celtic. You know, like number one, you got Russell. Number two, you got Bird. Number three, you got, you know, Hondo Havlicek. Number four, you got Kevin McHale. Number five, six, you can either go with Dave Cowens or Paul Pierce. You know, it kind of depends on how you want to go. And I love Paul Pierce. I agree that he should not have to share his night. That's a very special night. It would be a little, you know, it would be, you know, borderline disrespectful to kind of be like, hey, Paul, like, You've been the face of the franchise for X amount of years. You led us to our first championship in a long time. Let's share a night with the guy who was only popping here for two and a half years. With saying that, I believe that Paul Pierce is one of the most overrated stars. Like, if you ask Paul Pierce, he'll say that he's in that same realm of Kobe, LeBron, you know, uh, Shaq, Tim Duncan. And... I feel like from his era, he's not a top 10 player from his era. He never was the best small forward in the NBA. He never finished high in an MVP you know, race. Uh, he has four all-NBA teams. He has one second team and three-thirds. You know, for five of the nine seasons before KG and Ray got there, he wasn't in the playoffs. For the four seasons that he was in the playoffs, he only had three series wins. This is a guy, if... KG and Ray don't come. He's an afterthought. He's in worse position than Mello. Because he really has never done anything in the postseason. Then, you know, KG and Ray comes over. He wins the title finals MVP. And that solidified his legacy. But I feel like that he's a bit overrated. Like when you really like when's the last time you were watching a game? You're like, I got to watch that Paul Pierce game. You know, like you, you like nobody's gonna buy tickets to go see Paul Pierce unless he was going against LeBron in the playoffs or unless those magic days. Nobody was buying Paul Pierce shoes. He didn't have a shoe. Nobody was. He didn't have commercials. He wasn't this this superstar. But you let him tell it, and this is all based off of the way he acts on TNT. Like you would think that he's Shaq or Charles or Charles or somebody. Like his TNT swagger is like, damn, bro. Like you just retired. We're all old enough to remember most of your career you were never that guy you're a great guy you balled hard you were the truth but you were never on that superstar level end of rant yeah uh absolutely uh, i would agree mostly along the lines of that um i personally i would i, I mean look man a two-minute video hurts your night yeah you know, we'll see what happens with the Celtics ultimately decide. But uh, I, I don't see that much, too much of an issue. Uh, I get, you know, the, the Boston, you know, franchise might just want to make it a nice little all-inclusive, you know, 
hey, here's a former Celtic tribute. Um, you're right, and then some of the reasons why I think it's okay is because he really wasn't that great. He, I mean, of 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 uh of a player in that category like a Kobe, like a KG, uh, or a Duncan. You know, and, and KG speaking on terms of you know kind of what he was able to establish in Minnesota. I mean, KG still was somebody who, um, a tad bit successful, almost the same as Pierce in Minnesota, but then again, who the hell are you going to partner with in, in Minnesota, right? Um, it's just KG at that point. Um, but the thing with KG is that he was arguably, for a decade plus, like a top three right. player in the league. Like, I mean, you had a run of, it was Shaq, KG, and Duncan. You know, that was the post-Jordan era. KG led the league in PR for several years, MVP. I mean, the guy was 2010 and 5 for a decade. Like, that's insane. Not to mention, like, all-league defender. You know, he was either first or second all-NBA for a decade plus. Like, this is a guy, like, yeah, he didn't have the success. He played in, like, the harder West. He didn't have too many teams. When he finally got a team in Minnesota, you know, they won pretty deep in the playoffs. But KG has, like, a resume. You know, KG has something to where you're like, damn, you were, without a doubt, a top five player for 10-plus years. You were 2010-5 and five for 10-plus years. You were an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. He has that resume. When you look at Paul Pierce's resume, you're like, damn, you weren't even an MVP race, let alone winning the MVP. He never even made an all-first team, like, ever. You, you, know, yet, you know what's funny about this is that He's, he said he was in uh, L.A. for, you know, it's Kobe's retirement. He's kind of like, well, you know, they did this for the Kobe. They, they did that for Kobe, you know. And it's like, now you guys want to throw a two-minute video for Isaiah Thomas in the middle of my night. And it's like, man, really, man? It, you think that if you were one, you know, one of those in Kobe's category, they probably would have done it done it genuinely? So I think that, <laughs> that's man, just kind of funny to me right there. That he, is, he can't hold Kobe being Brian's jock strap. Yeah. Like, like Kobe, number one, 20 years in LA, he's the face of the Lakers. He is the greatest Laker. Like there isn't, I mean, 20 plus years, five championships, 81 point. I mean, the list goes on. MVP, finals MVPs. He was first team all defense for a decade plus. He was first team all NBA for, I mean, that's Kobe Bryant. And that's the thing with Paul Pierce. And I, I mean, I understand, look, we all, we all have egos. We all think, I think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know? But at the same time, he has to realize if you think you're on that Kobe, Shaq, Tim Duncan, KG level, you're not. You're not at all. You're just not. And you have to realize that even, even the Celtics, put it this way, could you imagine if the Lakers told Kobe, hey, we're going to retire your jersey, but we're going to give, you know, uh, Jordan Falmar a little 30 seconds. Kobe would, L.A. would riot. You know, Kobe went right. Have to say, L.A. would riot. Nobody in Boston cares about this shit. People are like, all right, forget about it. <laughs> like, you know, all they care about is Tom Brady. They don't even watch basketball, really. Like, you know, yeah, like, it's, it's Patriot season you know, right now. It's Patriot season. They're like, they're like, Absolutely. Paul Pierce too. Oh, the black guy who played for us for all those years. Oh, cool. Antoine Walker's guy. Cool. We don't give a fuck about Paul Pierce. This is Tom Brady. This is TB12, the GOAT. Hey. I really, I really like how Isaiah puts this. Uh, you know, he didn't really want to. He said he did not to infringe on you know Pierce's night, um, but he did do 15 years here. It's not like he he isn't valued for those 15 years. He, he can't take those 15 years away from Pierce. Um, but at least you know his friends, friends Isaiah Thomas's friends and family um, will will still be in attendance, and at least he'll be able to get to play that night. So, um, man, you 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 know you go it uh, do your thing. Um, not too upset. Uh, I, had it. I personally feel like, you know, at this point, the way we would discuss with Pierce, it's okay for a two-minute video in between for Isaiah Thomas. Um, but uh, overall, you know what? Guess what? Just just change the night then. If he's going to be that much of a crybaby, crybaby and be so petty over it, just change the damn date. Retire it when somebody else comes. But, you know, he wants to retire it with the king there in attendance. So, uh, can't blame him, right, Demario? You cannot. I mean, everybody wants to be in the king's presence. <laughs> everybody. Can't blame him there. All right. Next up here, we have some comments uh, to go over from LeVar Ball. So our boy, you know, we talked about him here. We always got to talk about Mr. LeVar Ball. Um, doing great things with the BBB, Big Baller brand. But uh, in the news here for some negative comments again. And the negative comments was directed towards uh, Lakers head coach Luke Walton. 
Um, and he said that uh, that the quote you can see they're not playing for Luke no more, and basically kind of selling out, saying that that Luke has lost the locker room. Um, and and Demar, this is kind of where we agree with the whole you know Kanye West side of Lavar Ball, where with his comments, um, you know, Lavar's claim that he hasn't spoke with anybody directly in the Lakers, hasn't spoke with Zoe. He's overseas handling business with his two younger sons, um, with the Lithuanian team. So. Um, you know, LeVar making these comments, you know, good or bad still to be saying things about the Lakers and on that level. Here's the thing. LeVar has to realize that he's now a businessman. He's now the face of a business. Everything that he's doing in Lithuania is next level. His deal with Facebook, all that kind of stuff is great. He has to scale it back a bit. What he's saying about Luke, is it true? Yeah. I mean, I watched the Laker game. He's lost that team. Like he has, he looks like, a deer in headlights. Like he was handed the team. He received the team, which was weird because of his success with the Warriors. But you and I could coach the Warriors and they wouldn't lose more than four games. Right. From here into the playoffs. I mean, it's that's a fucking cheat code. Like it's a cheat code. You have four of the best 20 players in the league. You have the best bench. You have Sean Livingston, who was number one in my class. If it wasn't for that injury, Sean Livingston will be a top tier point guard. He then had years to sit out. Sean Livingston. I mean, you have Iguodala coming off. I mean, I mean, you have David West. That's a killer team. So when Luke Walton had all that success with Golden State and then made teams be like, oh, Luke Walton is probably this young hot shot of a coach. And now he's with the Lakers. And like I always tell people, it's a difference with how you lose. The Lakers team, they're young. Of course they're going to lose. But the way they lose, they do not fight. When you see the chemistry, when they go to the bench, they're playing rock, paper, scissors. They're laughing. There's no, like they don't, care about Luke he hasn't earned their respect he's only a few years younger than a lot of I'm sorry a few years older than a lot of these guys like you could tell he just lost his team so ball saying that is kind of like stating the obvious but he has to realize now like bro just shut up scale back a little bit like now he's in a pissing match and it's just it's very catty and it's very it's very petty it's like bro calm down be easy just shut up and like you know, it seems like that. He seems like um, every time he's not in the press for two or three days, he's just like, fuck it. Let me just say, like, blah, 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 just to kind of get back into the press. He has to realize now, like, look, bro, you're doing some pretty next level, some pretty big things. Like, talking shit and trying to belittle Luke should be, no, it's be, go out in Lithuania, handle your business out there, represent for the three Bs, get your boys in order, and let's get that money. That's what it should be. But obviously, he has, you know, different things on his mind absolutely and kind of segueing segue into the next story here with um lavar ball and then the big baller brand uh so they are hosting ex- an exhibition series uh with some of the lithuanian teams over there so he basically took a, a lithuanian lithuanian team his sons are playing for took them out of their actual um league and and they're playing teams outside that league uh, i think five games they're gonna have them on facebook streamed the first game already happened or i believe it was the first or second game um that's happened and um um, there was a a little bit of a news report there. If I, I run reading, reading this correctly here, that um the first game, you know, the, the boys didn't play in just because um they weren't able to go into the opposing team's gym, um with the uh, cameras, and um the cameras for the reality show, by the way. Um, but anyways, uh, they did come in and play uh just recently here. Uh, the two boys were playing, and you know what, man, tomorrow the, <laughs> the for a second here, I think I can play in this damn league. Looking at the competition, bruh, who um, you telling? Who you telling? I was watching it. This is crazy. Before we got on, and I was like, "Yo, I I could get buckets right now, like for sure." Absolutely, for I would. Sure. Yeah, for sure, I could definitely get buckets out there. I mean, I think it's great I mean, exposure for them, but I mean that the competition level obviously much lower. I think that. Okay, so first, I want to shout out the two young boys. Like, regardless, I mean, they're what. 18, 19, and 16, you know, uh, you know, like Leangelo, he went out and balled, you know, 19 points, five rebounds, LaMelo chipped in with 10 points, some nice flashy assists, a very, very bad 50, 50 foot three pointer that just didn't hit anything. So that's a success. At the end of the day, like ball said it best in, in that video that I tagged you in and you tagged Juan in is that at the end of the day, his boys are playing ball. They want to play ball. They love playing basketball. That's like, you know, the end all be all. Like his boys are having fun. 
and he's doing some next level things. He has the, you know, the deal with Facebook. And that's something that's big for me as an African-American to see an African-American man, a proud father, a proud brother, a proud son doing this next level stuff. It gives me hope. It like literally no lie. There's some days where I wake up and I'm like, yo, Bo, boss the fuck up. Be, 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 be like LeVar, you know, like level up. But at the same time, it's still the same LeVar who is about the glitz, the glamour, the name calling, the, you know, and I feel like that that's where people don't like him. And I can see why people don't like him for that. But the boys play good. I'm interested to see how they play versus more superior talent. But this is dope. This is some stuff that at the end of the day, whether you hate or love them, the whole world is watching. The sucky thing is that most of the world wants these kids to fail. And it's terrible. Like, it's, I read the comments and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, this is so bad. You have grown ass men and women who, who are preying on the downfall of these children because of their dickhead dad. Yeah, I, and I agree with that part there. I, I read a lot of what, what's going on in the comments and things like that. But there's, there's a lot of support for him, especially, you know, and kind of one of the things to kind of, end, you know, end off on this subject is the fact that, you know, what I was thinking about was the fact that he was able to give his boys the opportunity to just play ball. Um, and then do it on such a grand scale, right? And it's like, if you or I wanted to pursue something today, we have certain obligations that we would have to step, you know, sacrifice or maybe try to make room for in between pursuing whatever we wanted to do, and whether it be an education, whether it be um, a new career path, right? These guys literally could say, all we will do is eat, sleep, come wake up and shoot hoops. You know what I'm saying? It's eat, Facts. sleep, and hoops. It's not, you know, hey, we got to do homework. Hey, um, I got to go take the trash out. Hey, you know, um, and I'm sure he he disciplines them well. I'm sure there's some kind of discipline and respect there. Of course, not saying that there isn't, but, you know, these these kids are able to just eat, sleep, and hoop. And, and being able to do that, it, they could perfect their craft, right? You have ample amount of time to perfect your craft. And starting off in a place like this at a young age, um, they're developing well and it kind of goes along the lines of you know what we talked about with the whole you know and ncaa scandal you know lavar is taking them and put them in a place where they're not you know not just getting paid but they're getting development um the eyes are on them already it followed them to lithuania uh, i mean there's they they send uh the espn sends uh jeff goodman basically their own little personal reporter for lavar ball the guy walks around with his phone or you know the camera guy and, and follows lavar ball so i mean look it's it's paving the path for him, and I think that you know kind of reinforces what you were saying a little bit earlier about you know, Olivar Ball and what he's doing for his boys. But yeah, shout out to BBB man. Yeah, I mean for me, I I mean like the last thing I'll say is I want to already kind of fast forward to like ten years just to see what comes of this. Right. Like there's one, you know, I mean it's either going to be extremely good, and we're looking at Ball as like this like Vince Lombardi, this uh, Dr. James Naismith type of like folk, old folktale figure, or it's going to be a very, very bad 30 for 30, like extremely <laughs> bad, like one or the other. And, uh, you know, I'm pulling for him 100%. Absolutely. All right. Last but not least, speaking of controversy, uh, we all have heard about the H&M advertisement disaster uh, uh, from a hoodie that was advertised on African-American child. And uh, referring to him as the coolest monkey in the jungle, if I remember correctly from reading the hoodie, um, circulated social media all over. But as we know, there's one particular person that does matter and very powerful in this world on social media. And that is who, DeMario? The king. LeBron the James. King. LeBron James did have something to say um, about uh, the actual... Um, you know, controversy, and he actually did uh, post repost a picture with a little edits to it. So there was um, an edit where he used the uh, child's same image, but threw uh, a little king on the head of the child, a king's crown, excuse me, and also uh, it covered up the hoodie with a little um, king's crown um, as well with the words here. And uh, LeBron basically saying the H and M was you know wrong. Uh, we as African Americans will always have to break barriers, prove people wrong, and work. Harder to prove uh, we belong, but guess what? That's what we love because the benefits at the end of the road are so beautiful. Um, hashtag live, laugh, love, hashtag love my people, and a few colored emojis. Um, so <laughs> the king, 
has spoken. Um, and this is one of the beautiful things that we always talk about with LeBron being a little bit different from Jordan, that um, he's not afraid to speak out. You know, glow, and he's doing it on the same day. He did it literally the same day where the news broke, and you know, it started to really get its get its uh, social media um, circulation. Um, I, you know, I think that, he, like you said, he's not afraid to do this. He's not afraid to be that positive reinforcement, and with so many, so many followers, so much attention on him, um, he, he will sit down and talk to the media. You know, I remember, um, you know, he, I, I believe they were in uh somewhere in Minnesota or whatnot there, you know, there that night and he spoke and he said, Hey, you know, this, this is a situation. This is how I feel about it. Um, any comments like about LeBron? Here's what I like about LeBron is that unlike Jordan, unlike Kobe who were slaves to Nike and who had no backbone and who were suckers and who never spoke out about anything. Like I've been in LA for a decade. There's so much crazy stuff that goes on. Kobe never spoke out because he was like literally a slave to Nike, much like Mike never spoke out about anything in Chicago. LeBron she speaks out about everything. Everything he speaks out. That's the reason why so many people dislike him is because he's doing things that the average sports star like hasn't like we haven't like could you imagine if Mike spoke out like put it this way Jim Brown, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, there was a point in time where athletes spoke out about injustices. But then these companies and corporations came in and they started controlling these athletes. They controlled Mike. They controlled Kobe. They controlled all these guys. Then you have a guy like LeBron who's self-made. Like I always say, it's the difference. He's self-made. He is his own. He's a walking business. He, he like holds that I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. And because of that, he can speak out. LeBron speaking out on that has been great. The weekend speaking out on has been great. G Easy, Beyonce, Jay Z, whoever speaks out. It's a great thing. Here's the thing for me. In order for this to get passed through HM, you do you know how many eyes had to have been on this? How many people, like the photographer, the light guy, the you know, the assistant director, the director, the head of marketing, like this had to get passed through right. to like a hundred plus people. This is why I always say you need people of color in the room. You need somebody from Asia. You need somebody from Taiwan. You need all different people from all walks of life. So you cannot offend anybody. Like how the hell did this get through? Like whose man's is this? You know, like I'm literally, when I saw it, I thought, what the fuck? It's 2018 and we're still going through shit like that. Well, I don't want to talk about this. You know, like this is disheartening. Like this makes why. And you know, what's crazy is that again, the good old comment section, it's people who are mostly white who still don't get it. This is why Kaepernick kneels. This is why people march. I have people. What do you mean? Coolest monkey in the jungle. Well, like, I mean, what does that mean? I love monkeys. People don't, it's, it, there are really people out there who don't know that African-Americans have been called monkeys for years. Like, it, it, it's crazy. Like, when you live in a bubble and when you're sheltered and you don't know shit, you should not speak out about any fucking thing. Like, there's so many uneducated people in the comment sections, or just in general, even celebrities who are coming out. Like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know black people were called monkeys. I have a pet monkey, his name's Dan. I love monkeys. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. So shout out to LeBron for speaking. Shout out to The Weeknd and G-Eazy for saying, fuck that H&M deal. Fuck that money. And you know what? Fuck that guy's mother. That guy's mother. Like Rihanna said, what she say? All I see is signs. All I see is dollar signs. All she saw was dollar signs. And she was willing to trade her son's integrity as a human being for, a, what, two, $3,000? So fuck that guy's mother. I hope, I hope fucking Child Protective Service comes and takes her fucking kid because she's an unfit mother and burn that bitch house down like seriously what the fuck like that's so dumb. like it, it really triggers me i hate when children get involved in stuff like this it Absolutely. really makes me mad Absolutely. i dislike when children are affected adults whatever we're all assholes but a child a child doesn't deserve that absolutely absolutely all right demar we'll go ahead and shift gears here to our mid-season awards um so about half of the season is over here from a few teams and um about 41 games deep um go ahead and run down the categories here so uh throughout our show here we'll go through and talk about our mvp coach of the year most improved player of the year rookie of the year six man and uh defensive player of the year and as a toss-up here we'll throw in uh, executive of the year um 
Demaro, who is your MVP this year? James Harden, hands down, like 630. I mean, you know, what's funny is that I thought LeBron was going to close the gap between him and Harden with Harden being injured, and he hasn't. I mean, the Cavs have been losing. Uh, the Cavs lose to all these weird teams. Like, you know, you're like, what the, like, how the hell do you use, like, Sacramento and games like that? But James Harden, as of right now, even since his injury, he's coming back next week. He's first in PER, first in points per game, first in win shares, offensive wins, uh, second in assists. Uh, when he plays, he is the best player on the court, and he stepped up his defense a lot. He still can't guard anybody, but he stepped up his help side defense. Um, Houston is rolling when he's out there on the court. Uh, I hope he comes back. I hope he's killing just for very selfish fantasy, uh, you know, like reasons. <laughs> but yeah, James Harden, like 100% is my MVP. Yeah, I agree absolutely um, with him. And, and you know what? He, he's rightfully still keeping that level of play his last year in with Chris Paul being nearly out half the season, giving him an opportunity to do so as well. So I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'll go up here, go go through here, and uh, get a uh, rookie of the year in. Um, and, and in my opinion, you know, I'm, I'm rolling with Ben Simmons. I think we kind of already said this throughout the entire season so far. Um, he is just the 25th rookie in NBA history to average 15 points and shoot 50 percent from the from the field, which is, you know, we always kind of uh get on him a little bit about his shot selection and maybe not shooting enough, but he's he's at least a little bit efficient there. Um, you know, five assists. Uh, you know, to the filter there. And um, the only other players they're able to do that was uh, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. So he's definitely in good company right there already um, off the bat. So Ben Simmons, uh, my MVP. Um, you know, we have some young guys. Though. We have Donovan Mitchell, uh, Kuzma, uh, Jason Tatum. Those are some of the other guys that are potential runners up, but I don't see them um, at this point. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Ben Simmons, he's third in scoring and you know, um, among rookies, six in the NBA in assists, first in, uh, you know, in the NBA in rebounds, um, second in field goal percentage, six in the NBA in steals, third in the NBA in triple-double. Uh, I like to see him <clears throat> get a little bit more aggressive. The thing about Ben is that he's so smart. Ben knows he can't shoot, so guess what? He doesn't fucking shoot. Right. And sometimes it sucks because when Joel is out, because Joel is out every other game, um, their offense stutters a little bit. Hopefully when, uh, you know, uh, Markel comes back, uh, they're able to kind of run the offense a little bit through him and it'll kind of free up. But the thing with Ben is that what's like his true beauty and it just shows how great he's going to be is that he can't shoot. The league knows he can't shoot. He doesn't shoot. Most of his points are layups and nobody can stop it. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. It's like, it's very special to watch and I'm excited for him and, uh, I can't wait to watch the second half of the season to see how he, you know, improves. Agreed, agreed. Uh, what about the most improved player uh, this season? And I think that it, this one's kind of just a hands down shoot with Victor Oladipo. It, it's really Unanimous. hard. Really, Unanimous. Really hard. Just really hard not to give this guy this award the way he's been playing. I mean, he's kind of cooled off recently, but. It's, it's definitely hands down Victor Oladipo. Um, any, any other thoughts on, on Vic um, or possibly somebody I mean, that can snatch it away from him? You know, Porzingis was one of those guys, but he's fallen off a bit. Yeah, he's cooled off. The thing with Vic is that I'm just looking up his numbers right now. Like his career average is 16.8, and this year he's at 25. His career average for assists is 3.7. He's at 4.1 right now. His career average for rebounds is 4.5. He's at 5.3. I mean, he's across the board his career average <clears throat> for three-point shooting is 35 well 36 percent he's at 43 his career average for shooting is 44 percent. he's at 49 i mean this guy he's the definition of why people hate russell Westbrook, and it sucks because i know you and i we're big russell guys but it's no coincidence that players leave russell i mean oladipo career year sabonis career year uh, Kantner career year. Like, and again, I love Russell. And Russell reminds me of my favorite player of all time, Allen fucking Iverson. And Allen Iverson made nobody better. Like, you've heard the stories from Mello and J.R. Smith of Iverson being like, fuck practice, nigga, we going to strip club. Like, you know, while I, Iverson's just that guy, you know, he's a, you know, I just, uh, and 
it pains me to see. I mean, I'm happy that Depot is killing with, with you know, Indiana, but it pains me because I'm like, man, you and Russell could have been so dominant last year if Russell would have just given you the opportunities instead of putting you a position to where he passes the ball with like one second left and you got to chuck up some three from half court. So, yeah, I right. believe it's Depot 100%, uh, you know, the most improved. All righty. And how about the sixth man of the year? Um, this category, a little bit difficult uh, for me this year. For me, I got to go with Lou Will. I mean, what's interesting about this award is that he started a lot, but he's also going to qualify. So it's extremely weird. And it's between, you know, Lou Will and, like you know, my guy, um, Eric Gordon. But I got to go with Lou Will. I mean, he's balling this year. Like, straight up, six man at a year, like I'm Lou Will. Two <laughs> girls like I'm Lou Will. Like, I love Lou. I always love Lou. And, I mean, you know, it's 21 points per game, five assists per game. He's shooting uh, 40% from three-point, which is a career high. He's also shooting 44%, uh, you know, regular field goal percentage in, in, you know, in general. And, uh, you know, it's his, you know, number two all time. Uh, the Clippers are a team that I said in the last podcast that I'm going to be looking at in the second half because they've stayed around that seventh to eighth seed and they've been extremely hurt. And Lou has been, uh, you know, their best player. Absolutely. I, I would definitely agree with Lou Will. Um, interestingly enough, doing a little research, J.J. Borea has come off the bench with 12 points and uh, six assists per game. Um, but then again, you kind of got to look at the impact and the effect that you have on the team. Um, and, you know, the, the Mavs kind of the bottom of the barrel there in the Western Conference. Um, but absolutely, you know, shout out to J.J. Barea. Um, I have J.J. on my fantasy. He's one of my, J.J.'s one of my drop-in pops. You know, those players yeah. where you kind of, and I've had J.J., I've, you know, rode that wave for the last week or so uh, because my boy James Harden is hurt. And, you know, even tonight, tonight, J.J.'s balling. In 15 minutes, he has 10 points, four assists, six rebounds, two three-pointers. You can't beat that. Like you can't beat that at all. Fifty percent shooting. So shout out to JJ. Absolutely, and you know, if even if Eric Gordon was eligible for this, I think he kind of runs away a little bit with it just because of the success uh, with the Rockets and, and kind of you know riding the curtail of uh, the coattail, sorry, of um, James Harden a little bit. Um, but Eric Gordon, absolutely, I wouldn't mind just giving that board one more time again. One hundred percent. Defensive Player of the Year, Demario. How are you rolling yeah, this, this year? Was, you know, this was a hard award. It was. Because, you know, and like, I don't know. I remember the, the see, here's the thing what I like don't like about present day defense. You remember, like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, you're old enough, like, just barely, like, you just barely make it. But you remember how dominant, like, David Robinson was, Akeem Olajuwon, Dennis Rodman, like, uh, I must say Ben Simmons, Ben Wallace, Dwight Howard. Like, for about a decade Plus, it was either Akeem, David Robinson, Ben Wallace, or Dwight Howard. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of years, it's been like, I don't know, it's weird because I feel like with advanced stats, sometimes it messes you up. Because you look at a guy like Hassan Whiteside, you're like, oh my God, he, he has 60 blocks, but he's one of the worst defenders in the league. Or you look at a guy like Allen Iverson, who leads the league in steals forever, but he's one of the worst defenders in the league. So right. for me, I dug a little deep, and I actually did some research. And my winner is going to be Al Horford. And the reason why I say that is because he's the anchor of Boston's defense. And Boston is the best defensive league in the team. They're plus five, you know, differential. Opponents' field goal percentage is 42%, which is first in the league. They're fourth in, uh, fourth in defensive. I'm sorry, he's fourth in defensive win shares and also fourth in defensive rating. And the thing I like about, you know, Al is that he can also guard the perimeter. You know, he's one of those big men, and he can't guard it. Like, I mean, he's not, like, you know, a great, like, you know, Tony Rozier or, like, Marcus Smart or anything. But when they switch up, he can guard LeBron. He can guard J.R. Smith. Uh, so I had to go with Al. But, again, like, the defensive, you know, I mean, it was either between him and Joel. But Joel, for me, I, I just need him to play more. I, I, I would feel bad giving him an award and this guy can't play back-to-backs and he's playing every other game. And, you know, I mean, when he plays – you know, great defensive player, but I just can't give him the award until he starts to play a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's interesting that uh you did bring up Al Horford. I kind of agree with that there. Um, you know, doing my research research as well. You know, the mention of Andre Roberson um in OKC. Um, when he's on the floor, the Thunder are allowing ninety six point five points per hundred possessions, a mark that's also topping uh the Celtics league leading defense which is at 99.7 points per 100 possessions. So um, 
you know, just another nod to maybe one of one of those two guys. I wouldn't mind seeing them win it, which is which is good because you know, like you said, there's a, a big lack of you know defensive dominance. So how are you really impacting the game? Not just stat stuff and steals or rebounds uh, or blocks, you know, in a Hassan Whiteside um, era as well. So yeah, I, I can agree with Al Horford. I, I also would when you know. Wouldn't be mad if Andre Roberson did take that away um, as well. But definitely a little bit difficult award. I think that um, Draymond Green would be a heavy favorite. Um, still has some time to kind of make his impact this season still. Um, but he does get a little bit more hidden behind uh, the success of Golden State there. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, um, Maybe Anthony Davis as a, a runner-up. Um, I like Kevin Durant. He's KD. balled hard. He's yeah. he's improved. I think that he's improved his defense. But again, like I always say, like you know, with Golden State, it's such a cheat code because they're also they're also good to where I mean, like for me, I think uh, obviously like the anchor of that defense is Draymond Green. And right. I feel like the person who's who's you know who's been able to improve the most off of Draymond is Kevin Durant. Like I love the gangster Durant. You know, I like, I mean, he's not a badass. He's not a hard guy, but I love how, you know, Durant's like the equivalent of like the guy who you really weren't too good on your own. And then you go to the super team and you're like, fuck it. Like, I'm a badass too. Like, I can be gangster. Cause every now and then I'll see, I'll see him buck up. I'll see him get a technical. I'll see him try to get hard. You can look at Draymond. Draymond's like a proud single mother who's like, yeah, that's my baby. <laughs> you know, and Kevin Durant, you know, he's ball hard. I mean, if I was to make an all defensive, you know, first team, he definitely make the first team at one of the forward spots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, like, there's no clear-cut, like, dominant, dominant. Like, you know Dwight when he was in his prime? Like, what did he win, like, three or four in a row? Like, Ben Wallace, the same thing. With this with this year, the last couple of years, it's kind of like, oh, a little back I don't and forth, know. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Coach of the Year, DeMario. And um, with Coach of the Year, I actually have a couple favorites. Who are you rolling with um, so far in midseason? I got to go with Brad Stevens, bro. I'm biased. He's my favorite coach in the league. I think he's little Popovich. I think he's going to probably have a lot of titles in his career. For me, the reason why I pick him is because night one, when uh, I'm blanking on his name. Hayward. What's oh, when he had, I, I don't know why I don't remember my guys. Name. I love that guy. <laughs> night one, when Hayward went down, I wrote off this team. I did not see this Celtics team being good. I don't know why. They have a really good young team. I didn't see Tatum being this good. I didn't see Rozier being this good. I didn't see Kyrie being this good with them. Like, I just, I don't know. I didn't see it. And I give all credit to Coach Stevens. I give all credit to Danny Ainge for not trading Tony Rozier. Tony Rozier is probably my favorite player in the league right now. I always text Am and Nate. And it's funny. Tony Rozier can literally have six points, two rebounds, three blocks. But it's the way he plays. Like, those are the right. hardest right. six points ever. That's the hardest two rebounds ever. Like, this dude balls and coach stevens you can tell like you see how passionate i am right now he gives them the confidence there's time to where i'll see tatum and he'll do like an in and out cross pull up pull up, or whatever that's gonna be like he's like oh he, he, he airballs it right or gets dunked on or something they look over at coach coach gives him the you can do it son and i just love this guy like, i really really i've loved him since butler um he's one of my favorite coaches I would love to just talk to this guy about basketball. You could tell he's one of those guys. He really, truly, truly is a student of the game himself. You can tell he continues. I guarantee he's one of those guys. I guarantee he still calls his old coaches. You know, I guarantee right. he talks to Danny Ainge, to Larry Bird. I guarantee he talks to the OGs. He's always learning. And I love him to death. And I think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I, if I was to go back to the NBA right now, I'll play with Celtics. And I hate Boston about everything about Boston, except for Clown Chowder and The Departed and Gilbert <laughs> Hunting. Absolutely. I think it's really hard to argue against uh, Brad Stevens uh, this year. Uh, you know, and then take a look at uh, when it does come down to the other coaches. It's really hard. You know, I, I think I, I want to say Mike D'Antoni only because the success of what they've been able to maintain still um, this season with the Chris Paul injury and being able to still maintain, um, you know, bring him back on board uh, recently and then keeping James Harden sidelined for a few weeks. Of course, those guys are probably going to hit, you know, uh, hit the ground running when they, when they both are fully healthy in the second half of the season here. 
But I mean, this is a team that I said could possibly win 60 games without question. Um, you know, they're 28 and 11 as of today. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe D'Antoni. Um, you know what's interesting? I think before the season, some of us may have said Tom Thibodeau only because of Minnesota and the potential that's there. So that would be something that I would be interested to see the second half of the season. But I, I mean, absolutely, Brad Stevens, you lose Gordon Haywood. Um, that team is going to be number one in the East right now at 33 and 10 um, over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Have a victory, victory over the Cavaliers recently. So, you know, shout out to Boston. Six game win streak. You know, I love uh, Tom Thibodeau and, you know, I love Minnesota. Like, they're right where I thought they were going to be. I remember, I, remember I, I think I sent you a text. And I was like, yo, is it weird that I have them as like a top four team? And you were like, no. Like, they're like, they're really good. But, but, Still with me, I still want more from them. Like, they're, you know, they're 26 and 16. They're fourth in the West. Like, they're playing, like, how I thought they were going to play. But I still think with that talent. There's more potential, absolutely. They should be better. Way I, more I, I potential. I think there's more like, potential there. Tibbs is, Tibbs is right there. Tibbs is, I mean, obviously, it's great that they're all young because he can run them into the ground. You know how Tibbs does. Tibbs is like, oh, you want to play 49 minutes? Like, oh, just only 48-minute games. 49 minutes it is. You know, he's <laughs> one of those type of coaches. Right. But, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm really interested to, uh, you know, to kind of see how the second half unfolds and to see if there's going to be, like, a race between, like, Brad Stevens, uh, you know, D'Antoni, and, uh, you know, Tibbs. Absolutely. And just as a shoe in here, executive of the year, who are you rolling with? Yeah, you know, here's the thing. With stuff like executive of the year, like coach of the year, like it's so hard to go against Bob Myers and like Golden State and like what they've done and how they've been able to do it and how they're able to get, um, uh, you know, Iguodala to resign. I like, remember there was a rumor that Iguodala was going to go, uh, you know, to Minnesota. And, you know, for them to get David West to come back after winning a championship. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're so, they're just well constructed. They're like, the new Spurs, you know, like just, they're just so well constructed. I I just love every, I love everything about the Warriors just for the fact that it's selfless, it's egoless basketball, you know, like last year for them to win in year one and for uh, Steph to be like, yeah, Katie, it's your team. Like, yeah, Katie, it's your steak. Yeah, Katie, it's your salmon. Yeah, Katie, it's your chicken. Like, I don't care. I don't need to eat. You know, it was just was very it's selfless basketball. It's uh, obviously, I mean, I don't r- really agree with it too much just for the fact that, you know, I was just like, damn, Katie, you were like, you guys were up 3-1, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, he went over, they won. And a lot of it has to do with Big Bob. You know, he's calling the shots. Uh, you know, he's a big dog and, uh, you know, it's really hard to go against them and, you know, what the Warriors are doing because they're just a dominant, dominant team. Uh, I think you got to give some credit uh, to Danny Ainge, uh, especially being able to pull off the Kyrie deal and That's a good one. That's also true. Um, pull Gordon Hayward away from Utah. You know, obviously a lot goes, a lot of credit might go to Brad Stevens, just being able to have him, you know, with Gordon Hayward, the relationship, but you know, absolutely incredible. You know, the Kyrie deal was later in the season. Um, and then it, it's something that's it's working for them. They are first place in the Eastern Conference, uh, as we just discussed. Um, so it's just like that trickle-down effect of what he's been able to pull off. You know, obviously, you know, he's going to be in some negative light for the Isaiah Thomas situation and um, kind of the way that, you know, that he's being presented in that way. But, uh, you know, business is business. You get a guy like Kyrie on your team who wants to come and be great um, with a great franchise like Boston with a lot of rich history in the NBA. You know, why not take your shot at it and being able to pull that off? I mean, you know, I think originally it was like, yeah, you know, Kyrie's going to go somewhere like, you know, probably uh, maybe Indiana, maybe um, Phoenix. You know, that rumor was discussed just for the Cavs trying to pull off a three-way deal with some teams. Everyone's like, there's no way that, you know, this will happen and go and go to Boston. There's no way they'll help each other out that way. but. Lo and behold, um, you know, Danny Ainge pulled that move off. So uh, shout out to, again, much credit to the Celtics. Much love to him on this podcast. Shout out to he Paul Pierce. There's been a lot of Celtics love. I mean, Danny Ainge is right there. He was like, I mean, he's just, <clears throat> here's the thing with Danny Ainge is that he's going to have a really tough decision if, if like, you know, the Pelicans come calling and they're like, hey, uh, you know, we want some of those picks. You know, we have Anthony Davis. Like me, Am, and Nate were actually talking about would you trade for Anthony Davis? And it's something I go back and forth with. 
when healthy, Anthony Davis is without a shadow of a doubt a top ten player in the league. In my opinion, the top, like the best power forward in the league. You know he, you know he's just balls. Like the dude is an anchor. The dude is a force. Uh, you know, insert all cool shit here. But at the end of the day, like I don't remember the last time the guy finished the season. You know, like I mean, in his career, games played like 64, 67, 68, 61. Uh, last year was seventy five, but he still ended the season. I mean, but he still ended the season. You know, it just seems like every year he ends the season on the disabled list, and every year he ends the season and his team isn't in the playoffs. And I don't know, and like you know, I I won't diss him and say it's because of him he hasn't had any shooters and he hasn't had this you know i understand that and he's playing in the harder west but at the end of the day i mean what is it year one two three four it's year six you know he's still only 24 but about to be 25 in march but it's year six and like you really don't have too much to show for and you came in with a lot of hype so i don't know it's gonna be interesting absolutely well we will wrap up our mid-season awards show here uh the mario and as always, we'll end with our world-famous shout-outs here. Who are you shouting out this week? I want to shout-out to the spider I just murdered. Uh, prior to us getting onto the chat, ladies and gents, there was a spider that fell from, like, my curtain into my underwear drawer. I then opened up the drawer. The spider then crawled out somehow. I then saw it when I was mid-conversation, freaked out, composed myself, Picked up my Nike slide and I just de- destroyed this little fucker. So shout out to that spider who I just murdered. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I want to say shout out to everybody who continues to listen to us, everybody who continues to let us into their life, you know, all the support, all the family, all the friends. At the end of the day, Chevy said something earlier about, you know, a lot of us not having the opportunity to really work on things because we got to work, we got to do this. Like Chevy and I, we're both, you know, business oriented men. We both work. We both have family. We both have friends. We both have social life. So for us to, you know, be able to craft out, you know, an hour and a half, two hours plus for Chevy, because he has to produce everything, uh, you know, per week, it's very special. For me, this is my time to where I get so excited when I can send Chev that voice chat, like, yo, you trying to go live? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, what time? And then we're able to go live. So, you know, thank you all for continuing to listen. I'm really pumped my favorite time of the year to kind of get everything up and running and uh you know thank you all appreciate it absolutely my shout out i want to shout out to a homie here who's uh got his own clothes line hooked me up with a nice hoodie this weekend uh shout out to jkocollections.com um go go check out the gear there support the homie um definitely something that is going nationwide worldwide and um the messages just keep on uh, that's what JKO stands for, and uh, it's a very awesome, positive message there. So I definitely will support the brand, support the homie, check those guys out. Um, you know, I, I'm not gonna need a hoodie anytime soon here in Florida, Demario. It's finally warmed up, by the way. Um, last yeah, week no was brutal. Snow. I saw y'all. Shout out to yeah, the weather, man. Shout out to the weather I, for warming up. Yeah, wasn't it snowing out there? Like, what the? I saw. Yeah, I was like, very what? north What's of Florida. Yo. That's crazy. It was cold as shit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the weather too, man. Thank you for warming up. BBB, we out here. Big baller brand. Big baller brand, baby. Peace.